0: On this week's episode of the Superhero Show Show, we'll find out if Jupiter's legacy on this podcast will last past this episode, if Cable can go back to the future to hurt the present to save the past, future, present, now, today, tomorrow, later, Friday, gonna go back in time, and if Ryan can unlock the secrets of nerd love with an interview with Justin and Alicia from the Ex-Wife Podcast. All of that and more on an all-new Superhero Show Show. What's up, nerds? Welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only show on the internet where we review every live-action television show based on a comic book or a comic book property. My name is Cassie, and I will be the host of this episode, which means it's my job to lead us through all of this comic book TV. It's also my job to make sure the fruit snacks are stacked up and ready to go. You're welcome for that as well. Snack stacks! Snack stacks, snack packs. No snack packs are in the studio, only snack fruits. It's so important to know that. Um, I have do have some friends who interjected right then. Out of turn, but I'll allow it. Um, with me as always is my good friend Ryan.
1: Why did you have to look my name up?
0: <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you, I just you pulled <laughs> up a
1: card, and you're like, "What's the fuck?" Uh, no, Cassie, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna have you sit there talking about the snacks that you brought and yeah. not not chime in. That's insane.
0: I know. That's what I expected because we already filled out the forms. I knew what snacks you guys enjoyed, and we agreed on snack facts, so I thought you could stay silent for 10 seconds while I brought up snacks.
1: Also, did you guys, other people who have not been announced yet, did you guys know that when Cassie talks about snacks, she goes full Chicago? Just Snack, 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 snack <laughs> pack, snack snack, snack, snack,
0: pack. My name is Max, and I eat Snack, <laughs> Snacks with Snack Packs. Good uh, Chicago. <laughs> that flawless Chicago accent you hear is coming from my friend Mike. How's it going, Mike?
2: Yeah, I g- understand all the classic Chicago stereotypes. Deep mm-hmm. dish pizza. They talk like this. <laughs> They're always flicking that giant silver bean.
1: They talk like that kid who was always about to tell on you in elementary school.
2: Which yeah, is that- Mike. That kid yeah. dragged no, that kid dragged me to the office because I thought it'd be cool to dress like a pirate. This fifth grade fuck said, You're breaking the dress code.
1: Okay. But you were thirty-five, Mike, so Yeah. Thirty five year
2: olds should get to dress like pirates too. On school grounds? I don't know. Yeah. And he dragged me. That's not cool. Work out yeah. a little less, fifth grader.
0: Not you work out more. I respect that. I respect no, your moves. I'm classic
2: Chicago. I'm not gonna work out.
0: i never work out. Uh, Speaking of working out, I do have a friend. We got her in touch with her agent. She finally was able to come in. We got Caitlin from Unnatural 20s. I really just came for the snacks. I don't know if you heard, but I got even
3: so excited that I scared myself by (laughs) how excited I was for snacks and the snack bags. It was
0: actually, that's the only way I could get your agent to respond to me was saying that uh, the headline was multiple snacks will be in studio. And then it was, then we were in business. I think it was sliding the little snacks underneath the door. What really sealed the deal.
1: Yeah. Can we, can we get into the nitty gritty of this real quick? Uh, Do you guys remember? So this means Mike maybe and the girls definitely not. Uh...
2: (laughs) What a weird way to ostracize people in the <laughs> conversation. <laughs>
1: when we was kids and uh, like there'd be special edition snack, like fruit snacks, and th- there'd be like a white one. Oh, that was like the combination out. of all oh, of the powers yes. of the other ones. Do yes. you remember that?
0: Oh, airheads. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was a Scooby-Doo snack pack and it was always Scooby. It was the ghost. That was always oh, that mystery yes. flavor. Oh. I remember.
1: But, yeah, the, but I mean, the flavor was, it just had no flavor. So it absorbed the flavors <laughs> of all the, of the other perfect. ones in there. Much like I did with my triplet siblings in the womb. <laughs>
2: It was a little chalkier. All the others you could sort of see through, but this is opaque. Like, they're really hiding what's going on in that white mystery snack.
1: You could get seven pogs for that one fruit snack.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All about the trades here. Uh, Caitlin, what have you brought to barter for these fruit snacks? Is it just your presents, or am I getting a gift? Bomb bag? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what do you got? Uh,
3: I have in my hand, I have some Pokemon cards. I don't know if you guys are into it or not, (laughs) but um, I do have some Pokemon cards here. I'm ready to give you my Professor Oak.
0: Professor, you, you're going to try to come with me for Professor Oak? Yeah, I just thought you didn't know about Pokemon very
3: much, so I was like, <laughs> I'm going to give you Professor Oak.
2: You. So somebody throws down like a war turtle, and you're like, I'll fight that with this scientist, Professor Oak, and you're making this old man fight battle monsters? Yeah, I think that's I think that's how it goes. Also, this
1: Pokemon card she brought just says chamomile. She just brought tea, and is trying to pawn it off. She
2: calls most things of that size Pokemon cards. <laughs>
0: Honestly, just one of the rudest guests we've had so far. I'm excited to see how this goes. Um, We got a lot to talk about, though. The main event, we'll be talking about Jupiter's Legacy. And later, Ryan, you sat down with the Ex-Wife podcast, so going to be excited for that. That's at the very end. But let's go ahead and go to that main event. In the premiere of Jupiter's Legacy, we meet the Utopian and Lady Liberty, along with their kids, Brandon and Chloe. Brandon wants to be the heir, a parent, and Chloe wants to be every rich kid train wreck cliche possible. The show seems to ask, what does it mean to be a hero? How can one live up to their parents' expectations? And if girls go to to Jupiter's legacy to get more stupider mentally, do boys go to Mars to get more candy bars? Hell yeah! (laughs) Taste buds, (laughs) I ask you this. Before we get into whether or not the show is doing most postmodern superhero ju- stories justice, how are Josh Duhamel and Lady Liberty as stand-ins for Superman and Wonder Woman?
1: Uh, the best part of the show, D+. <laughs> That's what I would say.
0: D+. D+. Is like the rating or is there a character that I miss that is D+? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no.
1: <laughs> I would say that watching them be married is the best part of the show, and I will give it a D plus. That's the best part. Yeah. I, and like this, there's something indicative of why I, I. I'll just come out and say it. I fucking I hated this. This was,
2: the show was trash. <laughs> really, I thought you were gonna say D plus. I can't wait to watch more. Um, th-
1: but like, there's a scene in the first time we meet them. Um, they're like cooking and they're all cute and old. Fucking cooking together and uh, it's so. Uh, they live on a farm and even though they're superheroes. <laughs> and uh, she grabs two. She's like, want a beer? And he's like, well, I wouldn't say no. Then fucking say <laughs> yes, dude. Like what the? F- you- anyway, and she takes two beers out and she flips the caps off with her thumb powers. You thumb powers? And the show can't even just let that be in the background. <laughs> Camera full in, thumbs that open beer bottle.
0: I was waiting for it to follow the beer caps and like stay on the floor <laughs> on them. <laughs> <laughs> Look what my. Baby or they launch
1: do. into space like it's two thousand one. <laughs>
0: I did get a strong Christian movie vibe yes. from this. Oh, yeah. Like, a strong one.
1: <laughs>
2: Christian Maybe, superheroes, yeah. other than Jesus. Is it because Josh Dumahel? Dumahel? Is it because he's in
0: it? It doesn't help that he looks like Moses and just him himself being in there. Definitely doesn't help. But it is the fact that, like, all the dramatic moments are filmed at, like, sunset outside. Like, him, like, teaching the kids in the very first segment. Is like at like Twilight in a Golden Hour of him like yelling at his kids. And I'm like, this is a very Christian movie.
2: Yeah, that's the God hour. That's
0: the God hour. That's when God is strongest. That's when he's closest.
1: It's God o'clock somewhere.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it's also, I feel like the costumes felt really cheap. Like everything mm-hmm. just felt cheap. Like you could feel the fakeness of everything. I got a
3: strong Bible man vibe, yeah. which if you've <laughs> never looked up who Bible man is, you definitely should check that out. He's a, he's a Bible superhero and it, his like, face
2: isn't a Bible. Is it? <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> That's I a w- nightmare. I had.
3: <laughs> Every time he talks, it opens to a new, a new chapter. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's actually how cars got their inspiration. It was from Bible man.
2: How, how did you guys feel about the, we, we haven't gotten the full origin of the union yet, but throwing back to, from the 1930s to the 20 nows. So the the, the origin of the Utopian and everybody else, they they were around for Black Monday. Was that the day Wall Street crashed? I think. How are we we feeling about the past?
0: I don't know. It doesn't feel like the transfer doesn't feel real. Like every time it just still feels like we're in the present, but Josh Jamal is in like a longer coat.
1: Do you know what it feels? It feels like it was all done on stage. Mm -hmm. And so they like wheeled in the (laughs) foreground. and And you hear the wheels squeak. And then it all leads up to in... A show full of terrible scenes. The dad committing suicide. Uh I have yeah. the worst acting, the least amount of tension, like yeah. just standing up there and saying, Building steal, building by and then just jumps off.
2: That's it. And Joshy Boy's scream when his dad I know now why his dad killed himself. That scream, <laughs> that's how he screamed his whole life. He was like, ah, blah, blah. <laughs> It's like, look, I've not seen my dad kill himself. I don't know how I would react, but not like that.
1: I think he sort of screams like a Caitlyn 3.0, if I'm going to be honest.
0: (laughs) If I were to guess, yeah. It does, like, the whole, there was no good scene. Like, the most interesting thing, (laughs) it's so unreal to have the show, but, like, the person I was most interested in is Josh Jamal's brother. I don't even know his name, but... um,
1: He's kind of like the main character in the comic book. Okay. And he just sort of rides the line all of the lines mm-hmm. that everybody does. So uh that's sort of what makes him interesting. Um but yeah, I think that I think that he is hold on, what the fuck is happening right now? Hey everybody, what's going on?
0: What's uh, up? Uh, Hi.
1: <laughs> okay, so we we specifically bolt the doors on the producer booth for a reason, dude.
4: Oh, well, I mean, you know, you can't stop me. I'm like uh, the Kool-Aid man. Are you in space right now? You look like you're <laughs> recording from the Challenger. It's, it's far away, so there's a delay.
1: <laughs> but, Producer Dave, we were in the middle of shitting all over this terrible show, Jupiter's Legacy.
4: Oh, well, see, that's the thing. I'm over here at Jupiter, and it seems pretty good. It's leaving a pretty good legacy in my mind.
0: Yeah, The, the, the real- planet itself? The real Jupiter I have no problems with, but the show I have mad problems with. I could talk about Jupiter for the rest 15 minutes if we would want, but I, how did you, have you seen it, Producer Dave?
4: I have. I watched uh, I watched the first episode twice now.
0: Twice? twice? What? I'm
1: sorry. What? <laughs> why would you? Dave, t- try to explain to us why like this show is worth watching.
4: Okay, so the action sequences in particular are extremely good. Um, I think they're on par with a lot of the MCU action se- sequences, especially compared to other television shows. Um, the special effects are really good. The sound effects are good. Costumes are good.
1: Let, the, well, let me throw this uh, question out to the whole group then: What new? What new are we getting? Like, what are we adding to the superhero genre, or what do we think that they're trying to add to the superhero genre?
0: It feels like almost like the like Superman and Lois that's out like they're trying to bring the family aspect and what it's like to like this one it's just like what it's like to live up to that legacy which Superman kind of touches on but like that's the only thing and I guess it's hard for them to get into that with the first season but like the kids I like I they just everybody seemed too flat for like the care the like storylines to go on to be anything interesting.
4: The only the characters do seem flat, especially in the first episode. And they're splitting the episode up into two stories with the flashback stuff, yeah. which kind of makes it so it's more difficult to get deep into the characters. But the episode opens up with a flashback scene with the children as a, as like playing, and they jump right into the family dynamic, which other shows don't really do. They're trying to show that it, it's a bunch of it. That is really about the family and how much the father loves the children. But then at the end of the scene, it kind of shows that he doesn't love them at all.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, does he love them? They
1: also jump right into the the whole uh, great power means great responsibility? No. Well, yeah. Fucking kill me. Kill me, show.
2: At this point, we've seen too many shows try to be cute with the most famous line about being a superhero. Just fucking don't. Don't even touch it. Because nobody's doing anything new anymore.
4: But that's the point of the show that the utopian character is the old drab who gives a shit guy but the new stuff is the kids they're trying to be different and the old the old guy is supposed to like represent like baby boomers
2: sure but like and i know that it like we shouldn't count because these are comics and they haven't been adapted yet but like kingdom come in dc and ultra from the lunar brothers do these stories so much better than this show is doing of the new class comes in and kills and also this guy the nuclear bomb guy at the end where utopian gets mad because brandon punches a guy's face out and kills him okay uh he's right yeah. you were about to kill all your friends and family and probably everything in the 30 mile radius like if they i think superman and lois is a good comparison cassie because that is showing how the dad means well but still fucks up mm-hmm. where it really does seem the utopian is a Fucking asshole, Paragon and doesn't care about his kids
1: The kid is the kid's name is Paragon, or as I call him, Tall Peter Dinklage. Uh, <laughs> he kills the big bad guy, and the first thing the dad does is run over and say, "Why did you do that? Yeah. You're so yeah. grounded."
2: As
0: like he, after they
2: were all dying, yeah, he like <laughs> couldn't
0: breathe for a second, and then like as soon as he got breath, he was like, "Fuck you! How yeah. dare you save us all?" It was insane.
2: But but we do know the Utopian is a good guy because in 1929. He is friendly with black yep, folks. They did
1: the, they did the Don Draper thing. Uh this guy can, you know, even though it's totally like not of that time. Look at this well-to-do white guy shaking hands with black guys. We'll love him forever.
2: He he calls them boys, which made me go, "Oh." But then he also called his dad and his brother boys, and you're like, "Oh, he just calls the world boys." Also, he
1: didn't notice that one older black guy's wonky eye, which that's the most polite thing you could do is not point that <laughs> shit out immediately.
0: But I feel like I feel bad that we're shitting on this show. Caitlin, we do have your Superman and Lois expertise here. How do you think this compares to?
3: Oh my god. Okay. So I don't think it has anything to compare to Superman and Lois. Superman and Lois, I feel like it's doing a lot more because one I feel like Superman actually cares about his kids, where Jupiter's legacy he doesn't care at all. Mm-hmm. Like and you can clearly see that from the very beginning. Like even when the kids like in that first five minute section. Yeah. So it's really hard to even grapple like and watch this and like them because no one's really likable and everyone is flat. <laughs> so it's like they're flat. They're wearing bad costumes, and but I would I do want to watch the second episode.
2: <laughs> it, it is interesting that the thinking about the legacy. It, he doesn't care about the kids like they're his kids. It is a very much uh, I don't like one of these big rich dynasty families of like what will you do to the family name yeah. more than and if they leaned into that if they just fully went uh, not scandal what's the show with Brian O'Halloran. Dynasty. No, the, it, on HBO. The, the, Rory oh, Coulton Succession is in it. Succession. succession. Thank oh, you. If correct. they leaned into Succession and made him like a real rat bastard, like that'd be a dope show. Well,
1: Succession also has like uh, nuance, and I, it's trying to say something, and you you spend the whole time thinking like I I like these people even though I hate these people, and that's so far out of Jupiter le- Jupiter's Legacies League.
0: Yeah, it's. I don't know what they're trying to do. I don't know if it'll get better for the characters the more time we have. It is hard because it is a pilot, but also, like, they're everyone's so flat. It's hard to see it going anywhere. M-
2: my legit favorite scene, I think, was Brandon Paragon is at a bar with a friend who's uh, also yeah. obviously a superhero, and just that one Their back and forth felt more natural than any other interaction in the show, and his friend is like, look, I get that you got your dad and your dad's Superman, but, like, we're superheroes, bro. Take a shot with me, and, like... Mm-hmm. Go smash some Strange. And <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: Doctor Strange. Yeah. And you know what, Mike, though, based on the kind of show this is and the kind of tempo it has and the kind of tone it has, there could have been seven more scenes like that in this episode. And the people at the top are like, cut those. There's no fucking yeah. fighting in there. You know, like, we don't have time for that shit.
0: Focus on the bottle caps. It's all about the bottle caps and <laughs> strong thumbs. Um, there is, before we go, the one part, when I was saying the uh, Utopian's brother, the one part that I found interesting was him when he was trying to tell him that, like, you know, at what point do we step in and say, like, fuck your code? Because, like, in World War II, they could have saved so many lives. This is like, this,
1: this is the scene that, like, dabbles on interesting is yeah. when they're talking about World mm. War II.
0: Yeah, and that was the only part I was like, here's something. And then, again, we went to bottle caps after that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. But, like, if it, they focus more in, on, like, that storyline, it might go – like, I'd be interested in that. But um, I guess all around – do, are you guys going to give this show another chance? Caitlin, you said you'd give another.
3: Yeah, I think I'm going to watch a second second episode. No. I heard some good reviews from other people, so I'm like, well, I'll give it at least
0: two. Yeah, it is just the first. What about the two boys? <laughs> Fuck
1: you. <laughs> no, we got other shit to watch, bro.
0: <laughs> it's going to be.
2: Uh, a staticky Scream Monster told me it was pretty enjoyable, <laughs> so I, I might at least watch one more episode, especially because like, I can watch that on a Sunday when none of our other shows are out yet. That is true. It's always available, which helps. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, I might give it another shot just because off the first one seems rough, but God, was this one rough, so...
1: Well, let me talk you both out of that real quick. Next week we're covering episodes 102 and 103, so mm-hmm. no, you got to watch two if you watch one. <laughs>
2: oh. I'm a huge Leslie Bibb fan, and the pilot did nothing. She plays Lady of Liberty. Uh, the pilot did nothing for her, so I'm just going to watch until she gets to act. There we go. Other than her thumbs. <laughs>
1: every, time, every time you talk about her, you drool a lot, which is it's a good thing you're wearing your... Leslie Bibb.
2: All right, Cassie. All right.
0: Let's take some that. calls. <laughs> that is all the time we have for the main segment. But before we go, Caitlin, as our guest, I'm going to give you time to talk about a website that you wanted to build. You were talking about it all the way here. So um, what's this website you've been wanting to build?
3: I want to build a site that's all about hamsters because I love hamsters. And I want to tell people about the hamsters that I love.
0: Okay and how would you do you want pictures to show these hamsters yeah. i want
3: pictures i want gifts i want videos i want everything on there
0: okay but i don't know how to do it are you gonna have a way to like rate these hamsters or what's bringing the people to Ooh, this hamster hot or not hamster hot Love or it. not. <laughs> yeah i'm gonna have i, I
3: really want to have an, uh, a thing where you can like say like which one deserves hearts above this hamster and then you can like mm-hmm. vote on there and do polls and cool things like that
0: okay you know what you got me with that and now i feel like it's an important website and since now i feel like it's an important website i'm going to send you over to my friends Cyber- whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, sorry to interrupt dot org though then it then it seems super impressive
0: yeah <laughs> hamster or org yes <laughs> <laughs> then it's for science it's a nonprofit. <laughs> <laughs> for science it's so important and uh my friends over at cybersprout.net are going to help you because they got premium hosting it's specifically built for uh wordpress they're going to handle security maintenance backups speed optimization they got you completely covered you can make it easy to manage Easy to edit fields, custom templates, everything. They're your partner for the digital world, wow. Caitlin. Your hamsters in the digital world. Thanks to <laughs> Uh That's all the time we have, though. I'm sorry we got to cut off your website. Uh, coming up next, we are going to go to our pull list. We are back for our pull list where we talk about all the other shows we watched this week. First show starting it off is Legends of Tomorrow.
2: This week on DC's Legends of Tomorrow, the legends go to 1950 San Bernardino to explore the birth of fast food as a small business owner, wife, and husband put alien goo on their burgers to make people want them. Nate, Zari, and Bayrod hop on the grill and Spooner bonds with Ava. Meanwhile, Gary and Sarah have a campfire with Amelia Earhart. Taste Buds, I ask you this. How much do you buy into the tension coming between Zari and Bayrod and Spooner and Ava?
1: Zary and Bayrod is in brother and sister?
2: But Yes. They were fighting throughout the episode about who gets to have the totem, and it almost was going to be an interesting conversation until Zari 1.0 went, boop, now you both get the power.
1: Sure, Mike, but what you said there is that Zari 1.0 came in, and so I don't really give a shit about anything else. She so <laughs> got to see that flannel she for can three come, seconds? She can come in with her goddamn flannel. She can come in with uh, like basically Nick Miller with a ponytail and do whatever the hell she wants.
2: <laughs> That's why you're in love with her.
1: <laughs> I, I, honestly, I didn't even think of that as like a budding... Interesting thing. I thought that Or
2: sharing or like figuring out like how to deal with each other, but instead they don't have to share as children. They both just get one now.
1: Yeah. And they're rich kids. So that's how that works.
2: That's true. They, and then Spooner and Ava.
1: The Spooner and uh, Ava was way more interesting because we got to, like we talked about last week, in order to build Ava into a character, maybe you had to send Sarah away. Mm-hmm. And this is where we really saw it because. Ava is like a bureaucrat. She's a she's a Men in Black. She's a, all of that stuff, and so she will often ask first, and then when she doesn't get the answer that she wants, she'll just do whatever the fuck she wants because she has to get the job done, you know. Mm-hmm. And now for the first time, she's realizing, well, that is putting like you know that like you are forcing people to do things. You are essentially the bad guy at that point,
2: right? Because she kidnaps Spooner. Yeah, <laughs> that 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 by the end of it, I liked it, and the whole like. I'll keep killing aliens until I feel better, and we find your fiance. <laughs> that's like and Ava, that, that,
1: Ava was <laughs> like, "No, that, no, that is what we should do, absolutely." <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: It, but I think it was the this like paranoid uh, hermit is like just talking shit, and nobody's like, "We've saved the world thousands of times," mm-hmm. and Ava ran the time bureau, so just shut the fuck up for a second, like
1: two spooner. you mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's sort of. That reeks of, let's figure out the ending that we want to do, let's figure out the theme that we want to tackle, and then we'll work backwards. And it wasn't uh, exactly smooth, but you sort of take what you can get as far as these character moments, and I thought it was a really good one for Ava. And the other thing, too, is that it's not just bureaucracy and trying to be a superhero, but it's also, mm -hmm. I'm in love, and the person that I'm in love with is gone. So it's those two forces at the same time.
2: And then, on the other side of the galaxy, how are you feeling about Gary and Sarah? Their budding friendship, and... With pseudo Amelia Earhart.
1: Well, I always love Les Gary, and that they're not really doing that for me this year. Although she's not, he's not Mona, so that's nice. Um, but yeah, the Amelia—I mean, it's it's legends, right? It's like, yeah. Uh, let's see, creation of Big Burger Deli with goo. Thousand Island is the villain on yeah. one <laughs> hand, and then on the other hand, uh, Amelia Earhart is a fucking lunatic, and so yeah, it's just—it's classic legends.
2: Poisoned Sarah with a bite. I. Thinking about last week's episode, and this week's episode. I'm gonna obviously keep watching it. Still love the show, but Uh-oh. if this was the next one announced, they were done. I'd be like, yeah, I think the Sheen is off. I, I think the magic is a little gone.
1: Okay, I, I get that, but keep in mind that it's legends and it's gonna be like one fucking. Uh, they're in the French Renaissance or the French right, Revolution. Where Cisco joins them in a fight. Yeah, and then you're ba- <laughs> not not Cisco from the Flash. The actual Cisco the
0: rapper. <laughs> Son, son, Cisco.
2: And then but yeah. if, if we haven't gotten anything like wild in the last two episodes. It, it it really feels like this is like what people expect from us. Like it feels like a little laurel rusty this season so far.
1: Okay. I mean I understand what you're saying, but also let's look at Cass and Caitlin's face when we talk about how the villain of the episode was Thousand Island, and then you're saying, but like what these show used to be crazy.
2: <laughs> well they, they they punked out and they're like, No, it's a big bug alien. I would have left if it stayed Thousand Island songs. <laughs>
0: Was it in a bottle? I need to know. Like, did it come out of the bottle? How was how were they? It attacked? dripped
2: off of a giant cocoon, okay. and then they bottled okay. it, and then put that onto burgers. It was like the alien secretions this made the town great. want meat. Uh, okay, you know, describing it might make <laughs> me like it more. Made the town want meat, and so we also got like cut some zombie stuff where Zari, Nate, and Bayrod are stuck in the big burger deli, and are fighting zombies with spatulas and burgers
0: It because like the zombies just want
2: meat.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Shit. They still got it. They still that got
0: does got sound it. pretty good. Um, I, everything you said sounds like it should be a moment of the week, but Mike, what do you got for moment of the week?
2: Early on, like I think in the first 30 seconds of this episode, Nate lays out the season and that tickled me in a way. He just looks outside and sees the, uh, the, the aliens floating everywhere. And he goes, so there's aliens spread throughout history. <laughs> And, like, almost winked at the camera. And I was like, all right, uh, that's the season.
0: Cool. Uh, Ryan, what about you?
2: Uh, I
1: got a couple. Uh, We'll do another Nate moment. Uh, I don't remember the exact words, but the uh, person comes out and says, uh, you have to put these roller skates on and just be a server for the rest of the day. That's how we're going to be undercover. And Nate's like, you want me to wear these roller skates? Fuck yes, I will. (laughs) And then just puts them on. (laughs) Uh, I also want to shout out Barad, who we don't talk about enough, but he... uh, like, Rose's sister. They're all at, like, a table eating burgers. He roasts his sister. And I don't even remember what he said. It doesn't matter. But it's his look around the table after he says it to be like, you guys hear that shit? It's very <laughs> quick. Uh, but the obvious moment of the week is Zari 1.0 is in this episode. And what else do you need?
0: Honestly, I was surprised that you guys weren't, like, screaming about it. I'm, I am happy that you guys got Zari 1.0.
1: It's She's, like, sitting on the couch reading a book. She rolls her eyes. She, like, hits a button and then that's it. But it was amazing. <laughs> it's yeah.
0: all you need. Uh, Legends is Sundays on the CW. Our next show is The Flash.
1: On this week's episode of The Flash, Barry turns to Timeless Wells for help. Tom Cavanaugh, who plays all of the Wells's, is running out his contract, while Cisco has said this year will be his last. Taste buds, I ask you this with all these uh, goings, not so many comings, but goings, how is The Flash still on?
2: <laughs> I. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Even before that, I didn't know. I'm interested without Cisco being in there, though. Maybe it's better.
1: And this, we have to say, this is non-thong song. Cisco.
0: God, if they yeah. switch out Cisco, the lesser Cisco, the real Cisco, then I'm in. Now I'm They've in. They've already
2: replaced Cisco. The the nerdy make him non-joke jokes is Chester P. Runk. He's been on the show for like the last year or so. Like they they already have the the new class coming in to replace these people. Chester P. Runk, it he loves to get dead. drunk. Yeah. That's how he he kicks open every door and says that.
0: (laughs) Honestly, if the writers did it, again, another improvement. Uh, The Flash is Tuesdays on The CW. Our next show is Black Lightning. On this week's episode of Black Lightning, Jennifer's powers are a little faulty after she tried to recharge herself in the clouds. And because of this, Tobias now knows that she is lightning. Speaking of Tobias, he is now the mayor of Freeland and is in charge of who can have meta meta powers and who cannot. He decides that the police chief should now be... be a meta, which I'm sure is totally going to be chill. <laughs> Meanwhile, Lynn is deciding if she should take the plea deal, and Jefferson is teaming up with Khalil to find a ledger that can clear their names. And he's also told Hassan that he is Black Lightning. Taste Buds, I ask you, how do you think Jennifer could get her powers fully back? Attaching jumper cables to a cloud? Potato electricity experiment? How could she do it?
2: Yeah, I think if she just had a utility belt covering those potatoes. <laughs> or just fully the jumper cables to each nipple.
1: How is it that every idea Mike has is, first, cover me in potatoes.
2: <laughs> Secondly, and then, play with my nipples.
0: <laughs> the Mike way. Black Lightning is Mondays on the CW. No,
1: Mike actually watches it.
0: Oh my gosh, Mike. <laughs> I thought
2: you did too, and I was like, that is a good way in.
0: It's, it's, it's Okay, I think
2: we're all dumb. We've been sleeping on this show. We watch a lot of garbage in general. But this is, what they do here is fun. And like, Jefferson is being a punk at the... the titular character of the show is an asshole and kind of a monster he doesn't want his wife to use a lawyer because when they weren't together she dated the lawyer he's yelling at anybody who's trying to use their powers but also whining to his best friend gamby that it feels like he's lost a limb because he doesn't have his powers
1: so jefferson is a male
2: yeah oh he's being such a (laughs) middle-aged man man Uh, and then i am more pumped then literally ever, because I was not pumped at all for this painkiller spinoff, because I've watched like the last month of Black Lightning's, and week in, week out, the best part of the episode is they just go on the adventures of Khalil, and the fighting is awesome, and the acting tends to be better, because this kid can act, and I, I'm here for it, and they, now that they're not doing Gollum Shmeagol, uh yeah. painkiller, they, they just switch back and forth. It, it's great. it's So uh, so you're saying- Thank you for letting me talk.
0: Should jump back onto this? Like, it's, it's picking up?
2: I mean, you're going to be confused, but yeah. then just be confused for a week or two, and then you'll be like, well, I know what's going on from here on
0: out. Uh, <laughs> it's a good jump on it. And, and there's there's way. silly
2: shit like Gambo fucked over the lady he likes to get some technology, but he's also trying to make up with her. Like I don't know. There's a lot of silly, stupid, fun character stuff going on. Okay. Also,
1: I want to point out in Cassie's intro, she said, uh, Gamby or somebody figures out that Anissa, or is it Jennifer, is Lightning? Jennifer.
0: Oh, yeah, Tobias. Oh, Tobias, it. It. Tobias
1: figures out that Jennifer is lightning. Mm-hmm. Okay, that doesn't sound like the name of a superhero. That sounds like no more lit, no more fire. It's lightning. The, the that girl, girl is, is lightning.
0: lightning.
2: <laughs> <laughs> also, the most anticlimactic, the, the, will he become mayor has been one of the plots I've since I've started watching again. And it was just a phone call. They're like, sir, you're mayor. And he went, all right. Like, this is the show most obvious that they are filming during the pandemic because nobody is ever in a room with anybody else. And he's just like, I'm the mayor now.
0: Uh, man, it's you're convincing me. I should probably watch this. Really? Uh, yep. That was, it. That's all took. that was all I needed. Uh, do you got a moment of the week, though, Mike?
2: The, the the whole painkiller fight sequence he he like fights his way through three levels to get to this metahuman looker who like puts T1000 goop and takes over people's uh minds and and so he's on his way to find her and kill her or to to like cuz she's the reason everybody's on the run from the law right now that we like. So his fight sequence is awesome. But at one point, there's this old man gangster who, once Khalil kills the two guys who are next to the old man, the old man gangster does the best Al Pacino I've ever heard and just goes, (laughs) you son of a bitch, (laughs) and then runs in fighting. Uh, And then less cool is, Looker is a lily white bitch, And she tries to take over Khalil's mind, but she doesn't know Khalil has this temple in his mind and Khalil and Painkiller can fight her. And when Painkiller also walks out, she says, two Mandingos, one for the field and one for the house. And Painkiller, at the same time, I said, oh, hell no. And then they beat the (laughs) shit out of her. It is crazy. Just every once in a while in this goofy show, they're like, remember how creepy racism can get?
1: You know how (laughs) Gabby's sort of like the costume maker of this world? Mm -hmm. Is there a catchphrase? maker of this world that they can take that and shop it like maybe they could have something else to say
2: no i think we should just bury that behind the yard let's just never talk about that one again
0: bury it deep uh black lightning is mondays on the cw our next show is fear the walking dead
2: on this week's episode of fear the walking dead grace is knocked out just as she starts to give birth and enters into a dreamy dreamland taste buds i ask you this how good is fear the walking dead at bringing dreams to life Okay, well,
1: let's get started on this episode. Uh, Cassie, first of all, I'm going to show you my notes. Uh, mm-hmm. What do my notes say for this episode of Fear the Walking Dead?
0: Just explain the fucking plot of this shit.
1: Yeah, that's. I'm not even going to analyze. I'm just going to explain to you guys what happened. And whew, Did anybody hear about this episode?
0: I didn't no. hear. Uh-uh. Okay,
1: so Grace is about to give birth. She gets knocked out, and she goes to this dreamland where she meets a 16-year-old girl. That's her daughter in dreamland. So she goes back to... The camp, and there's old man Morgan, an old person. Everybody, she's now 16 years into the future in this dream. Uh, by the way, they put some effect on the camera where everything green is pink, so it's just this constant pink forest. Which actually, looks kind of dope.
2: I like that.
1: <laughs> also, every time Grace is about to like figure out what's going on, because um, she can hear Morgan, old man Morgan, in her dream, and then real man, real old man Morgan, in real life where she's unconscious. So those two voices are battling. Every time she starts figuring it out, she turns around and then everything she thinks she's looking at changes. That's probably the dreamiest part of it. That's pretty cool. Um, but she she and the daughter bond. Grace realizes that because of a ton of radiation, she's actually going to die. She's not going to make it through this childbirth. But the daughter, Athena, is going to make it on. And Athena's like, that's terrible. But in the dreamland, her and the 16-year-old, they bond and they figure it out. And Athena said, like, I'm going to miss you, mother. But... I understand. And then Grace wakes up and has the baby. And uh, Grace is like, just so you know, Morgan, I know it's a girl. I know it's her name is Athena. Um, and I know that I'm going to die soon. And Morgan's like, that, I don't know how you knew it was a girl, but it is. And sure, we'll name it Athena. Nope. Wait. The baby is dead. You're not dead. The baby is dead.
2: What? what?
1: By the way, does anybody know what last Sunday was?
2: Was it Mother's Day? It was fucking
1: Mother's oh, Day, and
2: they put this oh out on. Mother's they aired this
1: on Mother's Day, oh, and, shit. and Grace was like, "Wait, I thought in my dream, I was the gonna die one, but oh the God. baby's gonna be the die, dying one." And Morgan's just holding this baby corpse, going, "Yeah, I think that's, I think that is what happened." Oh and I've had some events in my life uh, recently, uh, like four months ago today, uh, that made this episode even doubly hard to watch than a typical episode of Fear the Walking Dead.
0: What a wild move. Oh why why would they go to this extreme? Why? It's crazy
1: thinking, like, while watching it, you're thinking, well, I know one of the things they could do is have the baby die, but there's no way they would do that it's on really a television th- show. Yeah. They did it. They totally did it. Fear the Walking Dead Baby is now the name of this <laughs> show.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, you're very brave for watching this one. Uh, do you have a moment of the this wild <laughs> fucking episode? <laughs> yeah, what
2: tickled you? What knocked what what really your socks off?
1: You know what? I will say the pink flowers, right? Like yeah, Or the are. pink leaves. Everything was pink, and that was nice.
0: There we <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's all I got. pink nice <laughs> flowers. Uh, Fear the Walking Dead is Sundays on AMC. Our next show is Van Helsing. On the fourth episode of the final season of, final season of Van Helsing, we are finally out from the Victorian past and are in the present at an army base where Violet and Ivory are being detained for trying to kill President Archer, who is actually Dracula. President Dracula has ordered for them to be executed, (laughs) so they swipe a keycard off a guard, get footage of Dracula sucking down on a neck, and show it to the head army-based dude who helps them escape. Feeling that things are not going in her direction, President Dracula declares martial law on the nation after making up a story about human passing Draculas, and then takes a little me time to get advice from her tarot cards. But they are essentially just like, die, bitch. Taste buds, I ask you, what would your tarot cards say?
2: Probably uh, die, bitch.
1: Yeah. That goes all around. I, my moment of the week for this episode was when President Dracula had to call Prime Minister Frankenstein and then got in a huge fight <laughs> on the phone. It
0: was, it was real crazy.
1: I don't understand tarot cards because it's like, oh, the death card. Don't worry about that. That means everything's fine. Or yeah. the happy rainbow card. Oh, that yeah. means you're going to die.
0: Yeah. yeah. And this one was just rainbows across the board, and she was like, mm, "That's oh, no good." shit! Rainbows and one sword, and she was like, "Apparently, I'm going down." Um, but if you want to watch Van Helsing, it's Fridays on the Sci Fi Channel. Our next show is Supergirl.
1: Well, on this week's episode of Supergirl, the Super Friends brave the Phantom Zone to bring Supergirl home, and then they each have to face their worst fear. Taste buds, if you had to face your worst fear, then let me ask you this: How is the Flash still on? <laughs> <laughs> how like how? How is it? St- it's eight seasons.
2: The oh, worst man. fear is just. In one of those clockwork orange chairs. And it's just every episode of The Flash, back to back to back to back.
0: <laughs> it would be a new form of torture that people should look into, honestly. Uh, if you want to watch Supergirl, it's Tuesdays on the CW. <laughs> Our next show is Batwoman. On this week's episode of Batwoman, it's a test On
1: of <laughs> West Philadelphia, born and raised...
0: And on Batwoman, it's a test of wits as Clue Master has escaped Arkham and is putting Sophie through a game of riddles to stay alive. Luckily, clues,
2: not riddles. Clues. That's Riddler.
0: Oh, I'm so sorry. A <laughs> game of clues to stay alive. <laughs> Luckily, she has Mary Ryan and Luke and the Clue Master's very own daughter Stephanie to help her figure it out. In the midst of this game, Ryan has to admit to being Batwoman so Sophie can save them from exploding platform. Luke has to get them lips after saving Stephanie, who has tried to her whose dad has tried to kill her. While this game is going on, Alice is making a skin mask for Cersei in order to be freed from the black mask, and in the process, discovers that Cersei is actually Kate. To add another cliffhanger, Papa Crow is also coding on Snake Bike, but honestly, who cares about that ish? Taste buds, I ask you, can we just bond over the fact for a second that between all of our daddy issues, at least none of them are smart enough to put, a get, put together a puzzle to murder us? Oh. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad <laughs> like that there's the- no
2: murder puzzles in my future.
0: Every time we see daddy issues, I'm like, oh no! Hopefully this one doesn't hit too close. But this one, I felt safe. I felt welcomed by this one. Uh, Caitlin, it was your first episode of Batwoman. How was the intro to you? Yeah, so I haven't watched
3: any Batwoman before, and I uh, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I didn't know, I honestly, didn't know if it was going to be good or bad. I know you kind of liked it, but um, mm-hmm. I like the new Batwoman, um, and I thought she was interesting. Also, really liked the face making lady she, she yes. seemed fucking wild, and I was like, damn, I'm in for this. She
2: Caitlin, she is wild. one episode a while back, she stared at somebody and just licked the outside of a bell pepper for no reason. And what? so she's she's wild. She's awesome. She's a fucking weirdo. What
0: a she's, homie. She's our <laughs> beloved pepper licker here. We we will die for her. Uh but Mike, you did watch this one too, right? Yeah. Um, how do you feel? Like now we got to see a little bit of Kate. We got a couple new characters in this one, but we got a little bit more of this new Kate. A little bit of her acting. So, how are you feeling about her?
2: I mean, she is behind a wooden mask the whole time, so yeah, she's she not really, the most fluid. And she has like eighteen kinds of amnesia, so
0: it, a lot of amnesia. <laughs> but they really tried to focus on her like knife twirling skills, and like <laughs> was like she's she doing fine can, on knife twirling. <laughs> her knife twirling pretty on point. Um, but like she does, I do feel like the fight scenes have stepped up a little bit. This this one opened with like a hallway scene. And uh, once it got to the outside with the new Batwoman, I, I'm liking her fighting style. So how does it compare to, like, Ruby's, Mike?
2: Oh, yeah. I, I like it better as well. I also like that they're, they like, with Ruby, with Kate Kane 1.0, they were like, she has to be badass. And I really like with Ryan Wilder, they're like, she's cool, but then she'll trip and make mistakes. And that that is inherently going to be more interesting. But... Now she's like the criminals know that, so she's playing with that now. So she looks like she makes mistakes, but then is like, "I wanted that was a fake mistake." And now I'm escaping. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I enjoy. It. I like the show. I'm full. it. Is that four dimensional chess? Yeah, she yeah. might be playing four dimensional chess.
0: I found out the key to that is a grappling hook. It got yeah. her out of every situation in this one, and I yeah. was. I d- I need one of those. You can <laughs> literally get out of any
3: situation. It's like a, a really compact, and you can just throw it up in the air, and it just makes a grappling like from one place to another. Like I need that.
1: Just about ima- Caitlyn, uh, Caitlyn. I want a divorce. And then you're just
2: like, <laughs> no. <laughs> just Kool Aid Man's through the wall. No, you
0: don't. <laughs> and there she goes. <laughs> um, but we do have. I feel like it's a very superhero TV thing to have like them eventually end up in a game show. Uh, yeah. How did you feel about this version of their game show? Which was what was it? Brain? It was Batman trivia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Batman trivia.
2: Oh, like it was Quizmaster, Quiz Quiz Bowl, or something Bowl. they called it. Yeah, uh, loved it. Knew all the answers, so you know, mm-hmm. felt good about myself that way. <laughs> uh, it felt so old school Batman in the best way of yeah. like you are trapped and you have to get through this game show, and if you do, you can go. That's fine. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. I was I really liked it. I liked it. Helped that they keep um, Ryan and Mary like very goofy during it and just super yeah. into it, mm-hmm. which is always great.
2: And that the rising tension of Sophie knows Ryan is Batwoman is trying to drop hints so Ryan will just tell her, but Ryan won't tell her was mm-hmm. very funny throughout because like Sophie's like, but Batwoman won't save you, and Ryan's like, what is that supposed to mean? And is offended, and she just goes, I don't know, Ryan. Why would it make absolutely no sense for the new Batwoman to come save you? And like. The so whole good. show is screaming, I know, but won't say it. And Ryan, like, refused to break. Mm-hmm. It was enjoyable.
0: Also, the fact that, like, this was the closest we got to them being a full team, which, like, if this, if as soon as we get them as an official team, I'm mm-hmm. all for it. Like, these three just off on their own. I really like their dynamic.
2: Yeah, they played Never Have I Ever. They got yeah. drunk together, and so yeah, going through all this adventure in one night, having shots and shots of tequila in their system, made the, all the goofiness make more sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I don't know how into I, I'm not super familiar with this character, but do you guys know who Stephanie Brown is in the comics at all? I don't know. You're
1: not talking to me, are you?
2: I could be. Do you know <laughs> who but, Stephanie Brown is, Ryan?
1: Well, I might I don't I don't want you to tell everyone, so let me just say spoiler alert.
2: Oh stephanie brown is a hero called spoiler she's also the fourth that's what
0: that's why i said spoiler alert
2: uh so we now have a, a new member of the bat family who will probably join the team who has a pretty badass purple outfit
0: dude her purple doc martin's big fan of those i was into that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but i do since we're talking about her how do we feel about our little budding nerd couple between luke and her Fuck I dig that. It yeah. was so cool.
3: I was like, yes, like the instant they made eye contact, I was like, this is gonna happen. And then they just kept building. I was like, I I'm here for this. As yeah. soon as
0: she like wanted to introduce herself and only introduce herself like through clues and riddles, I was like, oh my god. <laughs>
2: it's you would hate that person in real life, but I'm glad Luke found somebody. And <laughs> yeah. they referenced Black Panther, and so that's fine. A little cross company
0: always good. Um, but uh so Yep, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> so. So, so, so.
1: Is that Cassie's version of a riddle? Yeah. <laughs> Figure that out.
0: Put that together. Tell me what you think about that. Uh, Caitlin, I'm going to start with you. Do you have a moment of the
3: week? Uh, my moment of the week is definitely going to be just the, the questions that they have. The fact that they put all those questions up there and then it, us as viewers got to be like, Oh, I know this. I know this better than the characters do. It you was were very fun.
0: adamant about that first one on yeah, how fucking easy it was. I
3: scream. <laughs> Yeah, so my moment of the week is just how they made it so interactive with the audience.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is, the first question did bring up It was Riddler. <laughs> Riddler. The Riddler. And how is there, there a Riddler and a Clue Master in the same universe? Yeah. Like, how can there be two people doing the same stees?
1: There's also a Calendar Man.
0: Yeah, oh. Calendar Man. You gotta what? respect Calendar Man,
2: though. <laughs> yeah, I stare at a calendar and go, what does it mean?
0: <laughs> how are these clues? Uh, Mike, what's your moment of the week?
2: Uh, in the game of Never Have I Ever, it's Mary, Krofie, and Ryan... And Mary makes Ryan drink for sleeping with the wrong person. And I didn't get the story, but it's just like, it's fun to use that game to dig at your friends. And so Ryan then uses, she says, I've never upheld white supremacy and makes Ryan uh, Sophie take a shot. Yeah, very I like pointed. it. It's a good dig.
0: <laughs> very pointed. Never have I ever.
1: <laughs> we should start using those mic at Thanksgiving and see how much of our family has to drink.
0: My moment of the week is when Luke got to save Stephanie, specifically because like we just got to see how much of a genius this girl is for the whole episode. And she was trapped in a car with her dad. But when I say trapped in the car, sitting in the front seat where she could have hit the unlock button, and then Luke comes in with the biggest bat to save her and smash <laughs> that window, it was beautiful. <laughs> like, the, the plot was all there until the very end. I absolutely adored it. The bat
3: was comically, like, large, colored. <laughs> like, everything about it was like, that bat. <laughs> it was like, what? He came you got in it from with a, a gar- I know it's like Batwoman, but, like, Batman came over here. Oh, oh, damn it.
0: I was just
1: sitting here waiting. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you for cutting off, Ryan. That's another Move of the Week. <laughs> if you want to watch Batwoman, it's Sundays on the CW. And that was our last show of the whole dang week. Uh, so coming up next, it's time for a little bit of X-Taz. <laughs> Welcome to x Tasmania, Mania, bitch. A mini-show within a show where we take an in-depth episode-by-episode look at Fox's seminal and underrated early morning soap opera from the mid-'90s X-Men, the animated series in time fugitives part two we see last week's episode all over again but this time with cable watching and trying to stop bishop then trying to stop the x-men and eventually trying and succeeding in stopping apocalypse along the way the show asks whose future matters hints at cable's mysterious connections to scott and gene and teaches us you can follow someone's oral trail to find them (laughs) (laughs) taste buds this whole thing started off with Cyborg yelling at Alexa like a grandpa, and I couldn't have been more excited for a way to intro of episode we've already seen.
1: Let's just—I just—it's too late now, but I want to get this out of the way right up front. The fact that we invited Caitlin to a part two episode, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> which is bullshit right there. But we also didn't just replay our last week's episode, but with Caitlin in a cable voice running around in the background, <laughs> going, "What? What is that? Uh, stop okay. it! <laughs> you better stop it." <laughs> then we would have been done.
2: Yeah. And then
0: just uh, computer. What's this? You got to throw that in there too. <laughs> that is
2: I wish Alexa was as good. I'd buy into the Amazon bullshit if Alexa was as good as his little cube.
1: Also, I need somebody around to always just be like, "Mm, illogical." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Might want to rethink that one, bud.
2: <laughs> You're being an asshole when he just screams, I can't help Apocalypse.
0: <laughs> He's so dramatic in an episode of so many dramatic fucks. Like, to have Cyborg in as well was truly cable. what was missing. Stop cable. calling him
2: Cyborg. Thank I'm trying you. to be cool.
0: Uh-huh. You're right. I do have Cyborg written multiple times. Thank you for that. <laughs> I also have Cyclops later on down, so that's fun for me.
1: But well, uh, to see him, like, uh, Cassie's a little bit of, like, early millennial or late millennial, early Gen Z. She's, she's always trying to cut the cable. <laughs>
0: Well, in this episode, we do (laughs) have um, we get Cable again, and uh, he starts like he goes back in time to try to stop all this, and uh, he starts grappling with like the rightness of going back to kill thousands. But then his son starts to die, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go back."
1: He he, his son runs up, and he's like, "Tyler." Which is the worst X Men superhero name I have ever heard? Worse
2: than Kevin that we met during the Hellfire Gala
0: episode. Kevin rules. I would die for Kevin.
1: And I have to point out that Tyler also has a robotic uh, robotic arm. Mm -hmm. Is this something you passed down? Yeah. Is this hereditary to have a robotic arm?
2: I love. He's just a little blonde kid named Tyler in a superhero outfit, but he's still acting like an eight year old.
0: (laughs) an 8-year-old drawn like a 16-year-old. I was very confused about this kid's age. He was a tall little child.
1: Also because it's the X-Men, he's running around like with lightning bolts all over him and he's like, "Dad, what's going on? Help!" And I'm like, "I don't know what's wrong with you." Like a lot of mutants have lightning bolts all over yeah. them.
2: So
0: <laughs> this seems like a pretty rad power. Um. It's obviously
2: the techno-organic virus, fools.
0: <laughs> Um, But he does go back in time, and that's when we get a Groundhog Day where we're reliving it, but also still time traveling, and we get Cable versus Bishop, because now they're kind of fighting against each other. And how did you feel about these two beefy boys fighting against each other?
2: Loved it. I would legit, at this point, I like Cable and Bishop enough that why is the normal show the show? Like, Mm -hmm. the the X-Men themselves are now the weakest part of this show. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And this one did show it. We Especially in this beginning, we got very little of the X-Men. Uh, Bishop was like, I got to tell the X-Men. And we don't really get them until we get to the uh, like trial of the X-Men, like after the Friends of Humanity, because we still got to see them. They're still out there screaming. And uh, that's when we still get Bishop uh, almost murdering them. And I'm still for it.
1: There's a part where all the X-Men are at home watching all this like Bishop fighting Cable on TV. And everyone looks at Cyclops and he's like, Oh yeah, fuck. Let's uh, let's go do something. Uh, sorry, I was just I was into the show that I'm watching. I do want to bring up something about Cable and Bishop's first meeting. Cable, like when Bishop is attacked, he's in front of a sign of a store that says Mini Shop, and the last six letters of Mini Shop are Bishop or iship, right? Uh huh. But he never stands in such a way to cover up the M I to make it look like a B. <laughs> But that brings me to my next question. What the fuck is a mini shop then? That's not a thing. that That's not a term. that. So why call it a mini shop if you're not going to have something where Bishop covers up some of the letters to make it
2: read Bishop? You know when you need sundries, you go to a regular shop. Uh, This is a mini shop when you're uh, in a hurry.
1: I've heard of mini marts. I've heard of liquor stores. A mini shop?
2: A mini shop. Look. They hired an alien to be one of their writers, and they didn't want to embarrass them.
1: Did Mickey Mouse's <laughs> girlfriend break away from the Disney store?
2: Yes. And this is Minnie's shop. Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's all he wanted to know. Um, but it's we all do... Disney lingerie. It's all... <laughs> oh, my God.
2: <laughs>
3: uh, oh, man. Kate, we... I, want, I,
2: I want to... Caitlin, did, did you watch this? Yeah,
3: I did. Uh, what, so... what?
2: Not having seen the last one, what... what... What, what what is happening in this episode? what are you holding on to <laughs> so I,
3: I did not watch the last episode this is my first time coming in here for this episode and uh first thought Bishop came in first time seeing him I was like wow he has a really big bib uh, <laughs> that was surprising <laughs> um, <laughs> Then the first moment that Cable goes to fight Bishop, he uses his gun and he pumps it like it's a super soaker. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm in this shit. I'm here. I'm here for this. And then Beast is naked. He's wearing fucking underwear to the to, court. To the courtroom. To the, to the court, trial. We've we seen, seen him wear suits. We have seen him in a suit. And I know that. And he's
0: in undies in the court. It's like Beast would never. Undies <laughs> in the court.
1: Sounds like an 80s song. <laughs>
0: Oh man. But yeah, after the courtroom we still get, you know, uh what's his name? Creed. He still gets the virus and everything. But we do get X-Men versus Cable cuz now the only difference is Cable is there. So now he's trying to get Wolverine or he's just trying to take them down at this point.
1: They and don't still, nobody knows what's going on and Wolverine looks up at Cable like on top of the building and Wolverine's like, "Bishop, look at that. That's different or is it? I don't know. But we should <laughs> point it out cuz it feels weird."
0: And then he
2: interrupts on. himself from uh, some. The, 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 there's like minute changes where this time Storm said that mob is attacking Bishop, where I'm pretty sure last week the X Men were like, that black guy is causing violence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so well, this time. It was a different time last week. <laughs> this time Storm's like, they're attacking Bishop. But Wolverine still says all the horrible stuff and just jumps out of the plane to attack Bishop, but then he sees Cable and instead of being like, I'm in this fight, he's like, I'll fight that guy too. Wolverine, if I haven't met you, I'm going to fucking fight you is his general stance.
1: I think that if if you have a giant gun and you're wearing either a bib or football shoulder pads for no reasons, then you deserve to get (laughs) fighted.
0: He's going to take on anybody.
1: Also, Um, in this riot, we see Harry Hippie. Once Still again, is. attacked. Yeah. He's always him. getting fucking blasted.
3: I don't know who I I turned to Cassie. I was like, "Who is that?" I love them. <laughs> there is a llama in a window, and I want to be their friend. Oh,
2: oh, oh Our sad mutant friend. <laughs> yeah, our only power is to be Harry.
1: If we could have a, like an Oscar drama, Oscar bait drama spinoff called "The Llama in the Window," just <laughs> what it's like from his perspective.
0: It's the best thing ever. Uh, we do get, uh, eventually, uh, Cable has to go back and do recon on the X-Men, because he's more than they thought, and uh, what did you guys think about this, how they described each X-Men?
1: Well, he, they started with Cyclops, and like, I know Cyclops, and then looked then at the camera. <laughs> also, I know Jean Grey. Move on, please.
2: Yes, move hey, 10-year-olds, <laughs> hey, you better know what I'm talking about, because <laughs> we won't explain.
1: That Which is exactly what the comic books were doing at the same time.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then it's uh, he settles on uh, Wolverine, which he gets very creepy about. Wolverine well, actually, he
1: it go, he Wolverine goes, and then it goes to Gambit, and Cable's like, "Nope, nope, go <laughs> <Shut> back, <him. laughs> fuck that guy. I don't want to see him. I can smell him through the hologram."
2: But who, I do. When he starts this, when Alexis starts, he says, "Reference the X Men. They're not the wimps I thought they were." Mm-hmm. He didn't know anything about them, but he thought they were wimps.
1: Cable has severe seventh grade gym coach energy throughout this entire thing. <laughs>
0: And then after we find out Wolverine's the key, we go back to the uh, trial, and that's when um, uh, Cable decides this is when he's going to steal Wolverine so they can get a romantic getaway to a motel. (laughs) And I still don't understand why he took him to the motel. Like, he could have taken him directly to the headquarters, but there was a stop at a motel.
2: He's just trying to talk to him first. Like, you know, he's like, get him on board before I take him all the way across town.
0: And then he doesn't succeed at it, so they go to the headquarters, and that's when we get the whole X-Men. This is obviously every episode we got to get the X-Team coming up, and we also get Cable and Wolverine. And uh, then we get a whole fight between everybody here.
2: So this fight, so much of it, other than Cable being there, too, was the same as last fight. But last week, it had the theme song over it, the... Uh And this one, it was this weird, creepy, minor chord bullshit. Like,
1: It was a children's choir singing Creep by Radiohead.
2: I did not (laughs) like it. It freaked me out. It made me think everybody was going to die. But then they didn't. I did not understand the music choice.
0: Yeah, it ended up being totally fine. Um... But during this fight, we finally see uh, Cable decides to sacrifice Wolverine, which Bishop isn't down for, but he lets it happen anyhow, and uh, it's just totally fine. And that's where we get Wolverine creating the antibodies, the savior of all mutants and all people, the antibody maker himself.
2: Well, yeah, because so Cable, because we, we, he doesn't say why he's got to get Wolverine, we assume it's because Wolverine's a dickhead, so he's just going to take him out. But he, the whole fight, Cable maneuvers. It's so Apocalypse shoots Wolverine into the virus, so all of it gets into him. Because if there is no virus right now, then they will all get taken out by it later. So he's like, well, we're going to do the antibody. It's how to make his future and Bishop's future all work. It makes sense. No, it right does there. make sense,
1: but if Cable is a presenter. He's a magician. He's a uh, He likes to put on a show. There's so many ways where he could have just been like, hey, time out. Here's what I'm doing. Here's what I think works. He waits until the last second to do everything just so everything is on everybody's on the edge of their seat.
2: Well, the problem is that he's dealing with Wolverine, the most closed-minded of the X-Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when he tries to tell him, he's like, Apocalypse is behind the techno-virus. Wolverine doesn't go, oh, I don't know about these things. Tell me more. He goes, yeah, him and the tooth fairy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, why are you being a dickhead about this? And it it should have
1: cut to cut cable, and he was like, whoa, fuck. I picked the wrong guy. <laughs> should have grabbed Beast.
2: <laughs>
0: Um, But yes, he does create the antibodies, and then we get to see uh, how the future's turned up. We get to see both Bishop and Cyborgs, and Cyborgs does seem better. I'm confused on how... (laughs) At least he added an S for some reason. (laughs) Cyborgs.
1: So Wolverine's all with Cyborgs?
0: It's the computer, his arm, and Cyborg. There's three of them, so... But yeah, we do get two different futures. The one, totally fine. Tyler's alive. Thank God. (laughs) 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 Guys,
1: I was so nervous about Tyler. What
0: about Tyler? What if
1: he didn't get his new shoes before school started?
0: (laughs) If we would have had a dead baby and also lost Tyler, it would have been too much. But uh, then Bishop's future, it's still the same. Bishop cannot get out of this future. This is my moment of
1: the week for sure. (laughs) He gets back and he's like, Forge, no plague? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. What plague? And then he just looks around. And the future is exactly the same. Nothing. All every, The last hour of TV that we watched was were for nothing. <laughs> nothing.
2: We've now seen Bishop go to this moment four times. And every time, just because he's in a dirty alley, he says, nothing's <laughs> changed. Just like I left it. It's like, I don't know, man. You're in a shitty alley. <laughs> like, What if you went back
1: to the future and hired one or formed one company to clean this one alley? And then every time you go Everything's back. Everything's
0: different. <laughs> Yeah, within two seconds he sizes it up, and that's where this episode ends. So we get to see eventually if this future ever turns out. Um, but it's time for us to go to awards. And I Sorry,
1: wanna- Cassie, real quick. I do want to talk about apocalypse because this apocalypse battle is a little bit different. He doesn't grow big and try and attack everybody. Yeah. He just gets pissed and put, puts himself in his own little uh, uh, like tantrum bubble and then flies away. <laughs> yeah. um, and then Bishop, while they're running, he sees that happens and he just time. He doesn't say goodbye. He just just, jets. He just says, all right, I'm out of here.
2: He's like, wait, I'm not actually friends with these people.
1: (laughs) But I do want to let my boy Apocalypse know that if in your speech at the end you use the word purity, you are the bad guy. Everyone who uses that P word in their big bad speech, you are the bad guy, I promise.
2: (laughs) Now, what what if you're fighting somebody? And 18 times in the fight, they remind you what their name is. What's that person? I know Apocalypse is the bad guy because he uses purity. But Cable just kept saying, Remember, Apocalypse, the yeah. name's Cable.
1: Oh, okay. Other moment of the week. Uh, when Wolverine's uh, things work and Apocalypse gets pissed, Cable runs over and puts his arm on Wolverine's shoulder and says, The name is Cable. <laughs> That's an adorable
0: moment stick sticking true also um apocalypse does call the virus like his beautiful virus or something like that or precious virus i this guy's so dramatic and i still love yeah, him he that's Kanye's
2: next album title
0: <laughs> <laughs> he mentioned his four horsemen who are no longer with us r.i.p but uh it's gonna be okay uh, all right now let's go to awards i'm gonna start with most 90s thing and caitlin i'm gonna start with you what do you got for that the most 90 thing uh
3: there is a moment in the beginning where uh bishop is like the crowd turns against bishop and they appear to be throwing what looks like tomatoes at him mm-hmm. and like that he's was a bad comic yeah so, court so, tomatoes. so like <laughs> the crowd was definitely telling bishop they did not like him and everyone was like oh looks like the crowd has turned on bishop <laughs> it's like <laughs> could you tell
0: by the tomatoes everybody brings tomatoes in case it's a bad guy Uh um, Mike, what do you got for most 90s thing
2: Uh, At the end, when they're all like, I guess it worked. uh, Beast is in a golf shirt for no, and we've pointed out he goes to court in undies, but when he's just like hanging out, he's just in like a polo golf shirt button up thing with the tighter sleeve edges for some reason. (laughs) That feels very 90s fashion to me.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I respect him for just going like an absolute monster to the court and expecting people to take his scientific data. Like, he was like, now they'll respect me.
1: I think at this point, we should just be glad he's wearing the undies. Because oh, I think Beast yeah. is ready to go in there butt ass nude.
0: Full Beast mode. <laughs> Ryan, what do you got for this? Uh,
1: this might be a little bit more than 80s, but my 90s moment is there's, of course, a row of payphones outside of the court where reporters can <laughs> run in and say, x extra <laughs> This is what's happening in the court, but cable uh, time slides into one of those, and then says it's time to reach out and touch someone, <laughs> yeah, yeah. which is a catchphrase from a uh, like a telecommunications company, AT and T, let's say, from so long ago.
2: Really, I, I thought that was just a weird, nope. movie yeah. thing you said. He was
1: referencing commercials of his day, not oh, not his day, the current day that he is not a part of. So there's no
0: reason for him to actually say that. <laughs> one.
2: He's also Look. like, avoid the noid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's a historian, and you should know that about him.
2: Where's the beef?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, for most 90s thing, I just have that the uh, cube can track auras. It just seems like anytime they try to grasp at any future technology is my favorite thing. But I'm going to give that one to you, Ryan, because it's got to be. I didn't know it was a phrase from back <laughs> then, and that makes it so much better. So that one's going to you. Our next award is going to be best Gaspline. Mike, what do you got for it?
2: Mine's not a line. It is in, in the climactic fight because Cable hasn't told uh, anybody his plan, let alone the audience. And so when it's he just throws Wolverine into the pile of virus, it's just like,
0: what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just like wanted to get rid of him. He realized he didn't like him anymore. It did seem like he was down for murder.
1: Also, do we talk about this? Uh, Cable took Wolverine to that hotel room, and then Wolverine tried to get out, and the door was locked. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, oh, well, I guess I'm just stuck here then.
0: Yeah. <laughs> But he can get out of any other situation Sweetness. with his clause. But a door <laughs> in a motel, <laughs> he respects that. Uh, Caitlin, best gas line, what do you
3: got? Uh, mine's actually what Ryan just said. It's when uh, the reach out and touch me. When Cable fucking comes into, like, futures into one of these pay booths and mm-hmm. just, like, I'm going to reach out and
0: touch someone. Like, <laughs> what? It really grabs your attention. You got oh, a guess? It did. It was good. Oh, Ryan, what about you?
1: My gas moment is just Cable saying, Tyler, my son. Uh, (laughs) just for no fucking reason. That could have been anybody. And now we know Cyclops' grandchild, I guess.
2: But we don't know that. We know know that, but we don't know that.
1: Spoiler alert. Stephanie Brown alert.
0: (laughs) (laughs) For best gas line, I got when Bishop catched uh, Jean Grey out of the sky and we didn't get Scott immediately yelling at him to back (laughs) off his woman. Like, I was so You get away from her! (laughs) Like, he let somebody else save her and, like, didn't flip out at them, and it was a big moment for him. So I'm going to give that point to me. Uh, Our next award is going to be best use of power. Ryan, what do you got?
1: I think it's got to be Cable's body sliding. Like, there's a couple times where he gets ganked. But for most of the time, he's like, "Uh, body slide. And it just handles sort of everything. It goes forward, backward, and sideways in time. Mm -hmm. Um, It did take me a, a while to learn what by one means. Because I thought it was feet, so body slide by one, and he just moved over one foot. Uh, but it means the amount of bodies it, he needs the, the power to take with him. Oh, dang, I
0: didn't put that together. So when
1: he grabs Wolverine, he says body slide by two. Oh, man. Uh, and then Alexa, I guess, is just supposed to figure out the rest. But uh, that, that thing is super fucking powerful.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that thing is insane. Uh, Mike, what do you got for best use of power?
2: I think it's Cable's use of Wolverine's powers. Uh, knowingly throwing him into the virus because that will create the antibodies and Wolverine's healing power will save mutant kind it's the best anybody has ever used Wolverine's powers
1: did Cable say fastball special before he threw him right in there
2: <laughs> yeah as all scientists should when they're curing diseases
0: yeah <laughs> Yeah, he really called it on the fly, too. I'm really
3: proud of that boy. Caitlin, what do you get? Mine's the same as Mike. It's when Wolverine cured a plague with his mutant powers. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's a pretty pretty good use of
0: power. (laughs) Other than that, with Wolverine, if I could say, I would think it would be when Wolverine jumped from the plane and used his claw to catch himself on the building, because like, there's other ways to get down, and people got to fix that building. So like, there was no reason for him to get down that way, but I respect it. Uh, but I will give it to both you and uh, Micah, Caitlin. I'll give both you guys points for that one.
1: I do want to like th- the curing of the disease is the m- important part here. But while like Cable and Beast and everybody else was standing around saying, oh, with these antibodies, we can cure the plague and it won't happen anymore. Wolverine was just in the middle of the room going like, what?
0: What's a- <laughs> what, you- what did you do? Get out of here. <laughs> you shut up. I'll stab you. Like, moments away from punching himself, like, <laughs> just to beat it. Uh Next word is going to be LVP. Caitlin, what do you got for it? I have Jean Grey.
3: I don't know much about Jean Grey besides mm-hmm. the fact that she falls on the floor a lot and
0: yeah, she doesn't <laughs> do quite
3: much, so that's why she's my LVP. She do be falling. You are right about that.
2: Um, do you know what's fucked up is she also, like, she reads Cable's mind, and she's like, he's very connected to our future. Ours, your and mine, Scott. And then says nothing else about what she means. a withholding jerk.
1: That's just fucking soap opera-itis of I'm going to withhold this only because I want it to be revealed later.
0: Yeah. Like, there was so much information that she could have, should have said, and she left it vague the whole time. I respect it. Uh, Mike, LVP, what do you got?
2: cyclops like he's supposed to be the leader all he does is whine at everybody and he starts yelling before he understands situations he's yelling at bishop even though bishop has more information he's yelling at cable even though cable has information he sucks man
0: he does suck indeed uh ryan what do you got it's also
1: cyclops but there's one key moment <laughs> his fu- fucking four eyes his glasses get knocked off and he <laughs> crawls around the floor looking for them <laughs> Like, the <laughs> most typical nerd you have ever seen, and then somebody has to defeat the bad guy and then hand him his goddamn glasses. You dork. <laughs> you fucking dork.
0: I had to... I also have Cyclops because it's obvious, but it is... I had to go back to that moment because the glasses get taken off him. He just gets tackled to the floor, and the dude literally just takes him off his face. <laughs> like, so much worse. But then he, he does
1: that thing of, like, he's on his knees going, where full are Velma. they? <laughs>
0: yeah, full Velma. And sure,
1: if he opened his eyes, we would all die.
0: Yeah. Obviously. Obviously. But, <laughs> All right, so you know how it works. Um, I don't know who said it first. I'm going to give us all those points. Mike, Ryan, me, Caitlin, not you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that is 100% the LVP. Our final award is going to be MVP. Ryan, what do you got for it?
1: I got to go with... Uh, I'm trying to not give Storm all these awards. Mm-hmm. And I think it was Rogue who not only handled everything during the fight, but did it in a way where like, we're worried about screen time. You know, like we... we have to make this episode come in on time. We have so much to cover. So she just flies around the battle going like, oh, there you go. And here's a beam and I'm hitting you with this and I'm throwing you in a trash can and, uh, and we're all done. Uh, I think it was Rogue with her incredible power set sort of MP- MVPing out.
0: Yeah. I always like she didn't get to throw anybody into a trash can, but which it is, did still have the same, it yeah. still the same vibe though and I appreciate that. Uh, Caitlin, what do you got for MVP?
3: Uh, so I went for the obvious of Cable. Uh, and the reason why is because Wolverine, he knocked him out and then he had to wake him up and the way that he did it, he had the tiniest cup of water and he threw it at Wolverine <laughs> <laughs> and then Wolverine freaks out and is like, what are you trying to do? Drown me <laughs> with like a Dixie cup
0: full of water. What a fucking
1: time Jackie! <laughs> so
2: overdramatic. Oh like, no, that's not, we don't use that word. Right?
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs>
0: I'll throw water at him. It's fine. Uh, Mike, what do you got for
2: MVP. Uh, I don't know if this is cheap because I said it last week, but I'm saying it, it's Bishop. Like, I think he he handles uh time travel, he handles these idiot X-Men. Now he handles cable so well and with so much just like grace and a plum. Like <laughs> this guy gets shit on from every direction and handles it. But my favorite moment is uh he tries to shoot cable, who's trying to snipe him, and cable like faces in, and Bishop just goes, Oh man! <laughs> and like forgetting that he's a Gosh, six, darn six it. killer dude. <laughs>
1: Oh, darn. Bishop also, just like in the last episode, he does the thing of uh, everybody's like, okay, so what? You mean to tell me that you as a black man were walking around and all the cops got pissed and all the races got pissed? And Bishop's like, yes. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> what a weird this. world this is. <laughs>
0: But, Mike, I feel like it is a bit of a cheat because we did give it to him last week. It's the same episode, so I agree. <laughs> I agree. Hey, if they get to
2: cheat, I get to cheat.
0: <laughs> not in my house. I wasn't there for this one, so not in my house. I'm going to give this one to – Caitlin, I agree with you. It is cable, and I'm going to give you extra points because you brought out the Dixie Cup moment, which is the real moment that makes him stand out. You're getting two <laughs> points for that. Which makes it where me, Mike, and Ryan have all tied with two points each. That's the first time that's ever happened. And Caitlin has taken it down with three whole points. Oh, this is bullshit. <laughs> oh, wait. I'm sorry. Yeah, there you go. gentlemen's <laughs> clap.
2: <laughs> Thank the you. gentleman's clap.
0: The gentleman's clap. The Dixie
2: chest moment is... The worst STD, actually.
1: <laughs> it's the key moment because you know Cable's like, I don't want to kill anybody. In fact, I don't even want to drown anybody. I'm going to use the smallest amount of water possible. And he didn't know that he picked the most dramatic bitch ever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He didn't know that it would be the same as drowning him. (laughs) It's the exact same. All right, sadly that is all the time we have to talk about X-Taz. I want to talk more, but we got to get to Ryan's, whole interview with the ex-wife podcast so it still is going to kind of continue it's about x-men yeah for sure yeah so I the energy's still there I'll allow it in this case and I'm excited to listen to it excited so to listen to it Cassie excited excited thank you for picking up on that I am very excited um, let's go ahead and go to that right now <laughs>
1: Thanks, Cassie. I am here with Justin and Alicia from the Ex-Wife Podcast. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello. Thank you so
5: much for having us. Excited to
1: be here. Sweet. So you guys have a... uh, It's a pretty awesome premise for a show. Can you guys describe it for me? So I wrote the tagline as
6: one man's elaborate scheme to get his wife into X-Men comics. And that's, that's pretty much what it is. It's just a very thought-out, deliberate attempt to slowly, gradually introduce the wide world of comics through X-Men to Alicia.
5: Yeah, so I am a nerd in the sense of I love superhero movies and TV shows and books and Harry Potter and Jurassic Park and Star Wars and all the that good stuff, but i never actually read a comic before. Mm -hmm. Um, so, Justin really wanted me to start getting into the comics, so the premise is basically that he explains the comics to me, we go through them page by page, and he tells me what's happening on every page, so that I don't actually have to do the work of reading the comics. (laughs) However, through that, I've started, you know, there's only so much information you get from someone telling you a summary of the story. And you uh, don't always get to know what happens next in that situation. So now I've started being like, well, okay, so I need to actually read this one, this one, this one. You know, it's working. It's an that- elaborate
6: scheme. It's a long-term goal. You know, we're
1: gradually making progress.
5: That The yeah. tagline has added, that's working because it started working.
1: <laughs> that is awesome. And according to your podcast, did you start it with Jonathan Hickman? Yeah. That's the that's the first author that you gave her. So all right, we are setting the <laughs> bar very high and crazy. Um, I have been reading comics since I was for probably thirty years, and I have struggles with Jonathan Hickman. So, oh, yeah. uh, props Uh-oh. to you. That is awesome.
5: Yeah, all of Hickman's runs. So basically, what I've said is, I also need our podcast. So we have the conversation, yeah, right. and then I would re I read the, those issues. And then um, I would listen to our podcast and then it would really sink in what was happening. But I started going a little bit crazy and I made this like giant bulletin board with index cards that span all of Moira's lives and like all the different timelines and what's happening so that I can try to, to like out. you know thread it so, together.
1: Like the person who's trying to chase down a serial killer. That's
6: yes what exactly like now. It's, it's,
5: okay. I call it my Moira murder board.
6: I walked into this room as she was creating this. I had no idea what was going on. And she just looks up to me as there's index cards spread around
1: everywhere. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. Just this crazed look in her eyes. And so that's just your entire life now, right? 24-7, no sleep, no work. It's just on that bulletin board. Just
5: Just got to figure it out. Trying to make sense.
1: Let's talk about uh, the Hox Pox in general. So, Justin, you've been reading your entire life. Yeah, Uh, X Men comics, and uh, what did you guys think of it? Do you guys think it was a successful twelve issue run? We're talking about House of X, and then is it House of X and Powers of Ten? Yep. Even though they both end in X, that's adorable. Uh,
5: Oh, I can tell you why.
1: Uh please explain.
5: Okay, so because I needed this information from Justin, so Powers of Ten is based on. Every time it goes to a different timeline, it's X to a different power. So X to the 1, X to the 10, X to the 100, X to the 1,000.
6: X to the 1, X to the 2, X to the 3, X to the
5: 4. But aren't they – oh, yeah, and then it's year 1, year 10, year 100, year 1,000, whatever the thing is. So that's why because each one is a power like math.
1: To the point where I think – it was it X to the 4 was just like – it's just Sentinels now, right? Like. All humanity is dead. Yeah, so can you yeah. guys explain it
6: to me, please? That's like the the, <laughs> the phalanx world where the phalanx are now coming to absorb post-humanity.
1: On all of the runs of X-Men that you've been through, where does that rank? Like, do you guys think it was successful? I think it was hugely successful. I had been a pretty diehard comic book
6: reader in high school, into college gradually, and, and just all throughout my childhood before then, but fell off and hadn't been reading for a while And I had started reading back issues, some classic, uh, the essential books, the black and white essential books that reprint uh, all the old Claremont stories and had been rereading all of those and then heard about this relaunch and got super into it, thought, hey, I'll go every couple of weeks and I'll pick up the issues. I was there every Wednesday, right after work, grabbing the issue, ready to reread, read it. I tried to get her to read it, actually... Oh, God, While yeah. it was coming out, and she was like, nah. I, I read just-
5: one issue, and I was like, I don't understand. Too much. I can't. And
1: then you read the one issue that, like, it is, it's difficult. And then uh, if you're not waiting until it's all over to start reading, then you have to wait, you know, another week or two to get more. Right. And by that time, the the last issue has already escaped my brain. Yeah, it's falling so right out of my head. I didn't do it until it was all done, and I could just sit down and binge the whole thing.
5: And yeah. I would say from, from reading that first and – Then going back and learning other stories and other like uh, plot lines and things like that. For me, I think it's really successful because it does a really good job of pulling from all the years of X Men comics and bringing them together. And so every so I'm sort of looking at it from the reverse, right? I read that story first. I was introduced to that story first, and now I'm going back. So. Every story that I read or look at or we talk about on the show, I'm thinking, how does this connect to Hox Pox? How did they pull from this to make this other storyline happen? So I think there's so many little things within it that because that's sort of my foundation, I'm now seeing in all the other comics, it's a really cool entry point.
6: My goal was to overwhelm and interest her enough <laughs> that would merit a further dive into that backstory because I feel like what she's talking about is really Hickman's goal with the Dawn of X with the stories that they're telling now with him in that role of head of X is to really invest in the continuity that has been thus far and make these connection points make these next steps into all of these stories that fans throughout the continuity have enjoyed
1: hmm. but it's it's pretty awesome though that the two you get to you know one of you did it their whole life from the start to here, and then the other one starts here and then goes backwards through the comics. Hmm. That's a pretty cool way to do it. How how much are you guys reading now? The all the like I, there's like six books now. There's, right?
6: there's like ten or eleven I, more than that. Yeah, yeah. I, so I read everything. I read it all. Uh, I am there every Wednesday picking up the books, obsessing over it, going to the message boards, Twitter, Facebook, you know, Reddit talking to other people, and she's like, whenever we get there, you'll explain it to me. Yeah, yeah, I mean,
5: we we have plans to go through the whole, the first six books of the Dawn of X, the six issues of each book, um, each title, to kind of like dive in and give that as more of a jumping off point, but we're doing it a little differently this time, so I'm going to actually read them before we talk about them. Which I started doing and then we went on this whole other path of like learning the history. And so now they're like on a bookshelf. I'll get to them once I have a better setup.
6: Yeah. Um, season one of our show was Hoxpox. It was a deep dive, 12 issues, 12 episodes. Season two has, I, I don't want to say it's gotten away from me. <laughs> it's just, it's evolved in a way that I did not see beforehand. Where I, first we were going to go through the seminal moments. So when Hoxpox launched... Marvel recontextualized five moments in X history as these seminal X Men moments. These are the big game changers of X Men history. Hoxpox being the most recent one, which I thought was a little bold to say, yeah. but completely agree with after reading it. You know, they were they were saying this before it even came out, uh, but then from there, I thought, hey, we could we could go a little deeper into the history and get the foundational understanding that would inform those six Dawn of X titles. So we're reading right now through a handful of stories in Chris Claremont's run that lay the foundation for Marauders,
1: Excalibur, and New Mutants. Gotcha. Okay.
6: There's a yeah, lot of then,
5: homework.
1: Yes. I mean, seriously, I I was on your website and it says, I think you guys referenced that there's like 60 years of X-Men history, which seems so long until you look at the history and then you're like, no, this this, is, this had to have been around for like 300 years. <laughs> I can't believe... How much information is here? Well,
5: yeah, and I always get upset because we'll go through something like, okay, we'll go through Days of Future Past, right? We went through it, and I, we get through part one, and I didn't know we were going to get part two. <laughs> and I was like, and this is it? This is all I'm getting? like. Uh-huh. And Justin is always like, Alicia, I can't explain all of X-Men history to you in just sitting down. And I'm like, but I want you to. Right. Like, I need to know <laughs> what happens.
6: Yeah, you, know, you can always read it. I, I always tell you, you can you can read them. I have the books. I got Omnibus after Omnibus right behind us.
1: Okay, guys, I tasked you with one thing because uh, on the Superhero Show Show, we cover every uh, TV show based on a comic book. Um, I, yes. We have no announcements for MCU mutant things. Um, we have covered mutant TV shows in the past. We're currently covering X-Men, the animated series, but uh, we used to watch The Gifted. Did you guys watch <gasps> that? We love The Gifted. You did okay. okay I I did. Tend to, is there anything else recently that has to do with mutants?
6: Hmm. Not. We, I think
1: that I think that we can like be pretty sure though that once MC, or Disney figures out once Kevin Feige figures out how he's going to launch the mutants, that we're going to get solo TV shows. That's my hope, mm-hmm. and that. Comic folks, there's been like uh mini series mm-hmm. for solo X-Men, you know. I can't think I don't know if there's been a lot or besides Wolverine and Deadpool. So and Cable. So Cable, a lot, man. there's a lot of examples. Um but what I want to know is are there any X-Men or X-Men, you know, adjacent characters that you guys think could pull off their own, you know, 6 episode, 8 episode, 10 episode mini series?
6: Yes. Yep. Yeah, and we talked about this. It, it would have
1: been so awkward if you guys were just like,
0: nope.
6: nope no.
5: none. <laughs> Get out of Bye. <laughs> See I, you
6: later. Honestly, I feel like that's where the success is going to be for this new narrative is exactly what you we were saying before. Plant those smaller seeds that then tie in through a mm-hmm. big cinematic event. They ha- And they have that ability, especially with theaters and not knowing what you're going to be able to distribute when and how they're really going forward with Disney Plus and distributing content that way. I feel like there's so much deep narrative that you can get into. And our our first – so we, we talked about this beforehand. And we kind of got on the same page slightly. Slightly. But I think I think first of all, we both agree, Storm.
5: Storm 100%. Elisa,
1: what are you wearing right now?
5: Oh, it's just a Storm shirt.
1: Just a Storm shirt. Just right. a Storm shirt. We – watching the X-Men the animated series, she's so by far – the mvp of that show yeah. i guess it's unfair cuz she's basically a goddess but man <laughs> is she she is an impressive person
2: yeah I, she
5: just doesn't get enough she doesn't get enough credit for how amazing she is you know every time we go we look at a comic i'm like oh my god storm has so much depth why yeah. wasn't i given this in the movies why wasn't i told this and i just want her to be explored
1: they spent all the budget on wigs, so they couldn't afford story. Um, <laughs> well, and So are we, are we starting as a kid? Or are we starting like yes. as, that little, as a little yes. thief, right? Thief, yeah. And Cairo,
6: yeah. you, know, you could even get the backstory of her in America with her, her mother and father and then coming back. And I feel like there's so much narrative to potential to introduce Xavier at a, a small part. You know, you have Xavier in <laughs> – I, I have convinced Alicia to hate Professor Xavier –
1: Uh, that makes sense to me, especially if you read the older comic books. Where he's the worst. It it seems like he formed the team just to look at Jean Grey's ass the entire time. Like, (laughs) the guy is creepy. Yeah, yeah. And it worked
6: too well to the point where, like, she just hates any mention of the man.
5: I'm like, get out of here, Charles. Uh, He did some
6: good. You know, there was a lot of bad, but there was some good.
5: Yeah. But yes, Storm, and I feel like Storm also, she has connections to Wakanda, so. I
1: know. I was just thinking that we'll never get that storyline of... Right, or uh, to Charlie getting married, you know.
6: Yeah, I. What I would be interested in exploring is that story and her connection to the Shadow King. And I feel like that could be a, a story, a, a series that you could introduce the Shadow King as a big bad that does not go away. You know, he mm-hmm. can be this big bad that's building in the background, and that that's the weight that the Shadow King should have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Legion. There's that mutant show. Did you guys watch Legion? We started it. And I really? think I watched... Yeah, we did. Well, maybe, maybe I watched more than she did. But yes, so, that I mean, was man. a really great... I was actually just talking to a friend of mine about that. That was at the tail end of something where they were getting it right. And yeah. I feel like that was primarily because they were embracing other genres of show. Absolutely. Especially also with Logan and like the Western idea. And mm. just... Trying to reinvent the idea of what it meant to be superhero
1: content, right? And not just have everything be the same cookie cutter color palette and all that. Um, yes, I think that another thing that would be awesome about a Stormer show is something that I don't think comic books handle very often or deal with very often, which is for somebody like Storm or Thor or you know Superman or a couple of people in the DC, like what is it like to be worshipped? Like what does that do mm. to like you know how do, how does that handle like how does your psyche handle that? but right. you are looked at as a god among men, you know. Right. And I mean
6: we made a joke about this in our giant-sized X-Men <laughs> episode where it's like, "Hey, why would you want to be worshiped as a goddess when you could be hated and feared by the
1: world?" <laughs> right, exactly. Join yeah. me. God. <sighs> okay, what do you what do you guys uh, have next? Magneto. Magneto. Yeah.
5: You know,
2: I, I love him.
6: He had he had very he was very well done in the Fox series mm-hmm. by both actors, but he just has Preach. so much to him, to his story, and could set up so much more about the influence of evil mutants or the the darker side of mutants, and build up other characters, build up the backstory of the Brotherhood or anything else that you want to connect through him. And you know, I I, I don't want to set you off again, but you could also still include Charles Xavier. Mm. Their connections, how they are, you know, either side of the same coin.
5: I just feel like Magneto is such a powerful character in, like, literally he's powerful and he also just, like, draws your interest. There's so much to him. He's, like, dark and mysterious yet somehow laying it all out for you at the same time. And he's very complex mentally. And I feel like that – I just – I'm obsessed with him. I love him. So – I just want him in everything.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, if we're doing a period piece or a mostly period piece, like people are gonna dig that, you yeah. know, like that it's gonna win awards and it's gonna like uh, you know get incredible ratings. I think that the is it the opening of X two? Yes, mm-hmm. um, I think is
6: when it's X one, I believe.
1: It's X one, uh, and then da- and then um first class. Ah, first class. Just when when we got to meet, you know, Magneto in in Germany in World War II. Yeah. How, how how many people's minds were blown? Like right. that's that's like our life. That's like what happened in our history, but now
5: he's in it? That's right. crazy. It's it so seems so good. simple now. Yeah. It, yeah, it was amazing. And, and- I have I have a dream. I have a dream. And it is a story about how Magneto and Hydra are connected. Because oh, okay. Hydra is connected to World War Two and so is Magneto, so let's just say that maybe he was experimented on or was involved. I don't know, but can we make it happen? Let's make it happen.
1: I feel like we can. Yeah. I feel like you can. I mean, it's just this. Marvel's listening to this, so.
6: Yeah. Thank
5: you. Please, Marvel, thank you.
6: The only the only issue and they've talked about this is how do you make a Magneto story with his his comic book background and still give him legs to continue as a current villain? just because of time timeline. you know the timeline of things and how old he would have to be to be yeah. at that age formation like with the formation of his powers you know the comics had the luxury of oh he's been deaged to a baby and then <laughs> reaged to a peak
5: human adult man and right that do it in the movies i don't know what to tell you just make it happen
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah I, there's this there's the thing that they do with the punisher all the time where Say, like, oh, he's a Vietnam vet, and then thirty years will go by, and you like, no, no, it was the it was the Iraq war, yeah, was and different... now it's Afghanistan. Yeah. Unfortunately, no. Fortunately, there's only one Holocaust. Almost said a terrible sentence there. <laughs> All right.
5: We so... know you didn't mean it. You didn't mean it.
1: Uh, okay, good.
6: Do you guys have any more for me? Yeah. So, the third one that I had said, and the reason why I had said it, kind of influenced her yes. third answer. Yes. And so I suggested Cyclops, uh-huh. primarily because My man. what?
1: My favorite X-Men. Oh, great.
6: oh whoops. Oh, great, because Alicia doesn't like him. Because <laughs> Nobody does. Nobody does because he's been poorly done. In the same way that Storm has been poorly done, you know, his main arc is that he's upset about Wolverine taking his girl. And that's mm-hmm. not who he is. That's not who his backstory is. Even in the cartoon, even in the animated series, you know, he's just kind of a pencil pushing hard ass. And that's He's a wiener. Right, yep. right, exactly. And so I feel like not only to reintroduce who he is and the reason why he's the leader, why he's the guy that everyone will follow into the battlefield. But also you could sow a lot of seeds in connection to Corsair, his father leading into the star jammers and intergalactic stories. And then what I really want to see introduced through that story is Mr. Sinister.
5: Oh shit. I want Mr. Sinister to have his own show so (laughs) his own show his own show oh man which i think he's so fabulous
6: that could work because he has a complex history and you could connect to a lot of other things but his connection to the summer's family would make him a compelling big bad to build in the background and again not resolve like i don't see either of these villains going away i feel like this is a way to introduce how they've created the or influenced the backstories of these two main leaders of the x-men team
1: and also give you some narrative play later on i have uh, the cyclops thing i fully back you up on everybody thinks of him as like this douche yep. and yep. i i've always seen him as like the captain america of mutants and i don't know why where's that's, the that's disconnect he is. here i'm in shock by that
5: statement i'm in shock <laughs>
1: Um, Mr. Sinister, though, but first of all, probably my favorite character in the new X Men world. Yes. Just what a like pompous bitchy awesome guy. He's so amazing. Uh, yes, he, like every single one of his lines is laugh out loud funny. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think that would those would be amazing shows. I think.
5: I think you know you think about like what are you gonna want to see? You're gonna want to see a var- variety in the type of show. Yeah. And he the would bring like genre. a comedy element. And like, he's all about his fashion and like, you know, he's cloning people, he's cloning himself. There's a million versions of him. Like, every episode could be a different version of Mr. Sinister.
1: I just wanna see, I wanna see how they make that cape. That cape! (laughs)
5: It's
1: that cape. So good. uh, And it sounds like, Justin, what we're pitching for everything is how Chuck is gonna be like the Nick Fury and sort of be. Wow, that's exactly
5: what Justin said yesterday. (laughs)
1: Just be in every show, sort of tying everything together. Yeah, you just sow
6: those seeds in the background, and then for whatever reason brings them all together, or reasons if you're introducing iterations of the team. But I I feel like the stories are driven by the characters, the X-Men team members themselves. They're villains, they're they're people that they're up against, but you have Xavier who's aware of all these things taking place and drafting his team in case of something
1: big coming. Or even manipulating.
5: Or even lying sort of to them all.
1: strings, Or lying, just being a jerk. Yeah. It could be, he has so many uh, <laughs> dimensions to that character.
6: Yeah. So many terrible, guys,
5: terrible I, dimensions. So many.
1: Yeah, so many of them bad. Guys, I appreciate so much you guys coming on. Uh, Thank and you so much to,
5: for having us.
1: X-Men with us. Can you give us one last pitch for the show? Tell us where we can find you and what's coming up next.
6: Yeah, sure. So the next episodes that we're doing, we're, we're rounding out God Loves Man Kills right yes. now which has quickly become her favorite favorite. story that we've done. And it is an amazing story if you haven't read it. Uh, And then we will start to explore the first few issues of the rest of the Dawn of X titles. So Marauders, New Mutants, Excalibur, and really continuing along this light history of these X-Men pivotal moments. And
5: you can find us at the X-Wife podcast all over the internet, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, thexwifepodcast.com. Uh we also really like to interact with our fans and the listeners of our podcast, so if you want to shoot us a message on any of those platforms or send us an email at, at gmail.com. The X-Wife podcast is spelled T H E X-W-I-F-E podcast. Not- Don't
1: put an E on front of that X. Yeah,
6: that's I am still his wife. Wrong. I am you just know,
5: like the X. You know what we're X.
6: doing. You know the wordplay right. is there. You know that's right. why we love it so much.
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, Justin and Alicia, thank you so much. And we will talk to you soon.
5: Yes, Sounds of great. course. Thank you, Ryan. Bye. Bye.
0: back from that interview and you know what that was a lovely interview thank you i I was more lovely on the other two but you (laughs) did pretty good at leading it honestly and uh it did still talk about x-men i I love that
1: i have to say that uh, i'm not married to either one of them so they had more chemistry than i had with either one of them i think that's fair
2: (laughs) no No, i don't know i don't want to say who but i think you and one of them had a lot of chemistry (laughs) and i will say if your wife listens to it you will now have an ex-wife life
0: (laughs) And that's what we like to do here. Instead of bringing podcasts together, we like to break up relationships. What we also like to do is plug our stuff. So it's time for that.
1: Uh, before we get to that, Cassie, let me just please remind everybody to uh, subscribe, rate, and review the Ex-Wife Podcast. Right? Yes. That's what it's called with Justin and Alicia. Yes. Uh, XY Podcast. Yeah, you just heard the interview. They're awesome people. Download that. And now, Cassie, go ahead.
0: Okay. Plug stuff. <laughs>
2: Yourpopfilter.com is where you can go to get everything we create. Throw a little slash Amazon in there if you're nasty. Yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Bookmark that. That's how you shop now. It helps us while you're getting your sundries and cat food, whatever it is you buy from Amazon. Uh, if you want more from us, go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. Earlier in the show, we referenced uh, Caitlin 3.0. If you want to okay. meet that bubbling, dying mess... Uh, I, just just, I think that's the worst thing
1: that you can tell people, why, is why to go meet Caitlyn 3.0.
0: <laughs> not the bubbly dying mess. Oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, but there's there's articles, there's all kinds of fun stuff, and there's also dying clone. We uh, also got some Patreon
0: other shows, in Ryan, can you tell us about those? Of
2: course
1: I can, Cassie. This show is the Superhero Show Show. Make sure that if you have not subscribed, rated, and reviewed, you do that. Also, if you're like, TV's cool, what about movies? Have I got the show for you? It is called Movie of the Year. And currently, we are going through all of the movies of 2020. And then soon, it's going to be 1975. Dang. Is it, okay, so never mind. I don't want to reveal this that right now.
2: This is a right exclusive now. reveal. Some other year.
1: Some other year.
2: <laughs> no, nobody listens and to And Mike is going shows. to be the host.
1: And I'm excited <laughs> about that. Mike, are you excited about that? All right, he's lying. Uh, and then while you're there, so also subscribe, rate, and review to unnatural Twenties. A show with half of the cast of this podcast yes. and somebody else who we don't like talking about, right?
0: We do not mention. She her. knows what she did. Mm-hmm. She's not welcome in the studio.
1: Rolling the dice, rolling the d twenty to see what it's like to go through your twenties with them. That's unnatural twenties movie of the year and the superhero show show.
0: And Mike, we also got social media. Uh, can you break that down for us?
2: At your pop filter. On Twitter. You know how it goes. Instagram. We also got an email. It's contact at You know Pop filter.
0: You could go ahead and email us your thoughts if you're watching Jupiter's Legacy and you thought it was great. Please go ahead and let us know. Contact at your Pop filter. Next week, we got a big episode because it's combat karaoke on Legends of Tomorrow. They, they did not get the rights for those, so we will be suing what? them, but they will do it ro- proper, so it's fine. We also get the return of Superman and Lois. Caitlin's excited for that, yeah. I know. And Mike is going to interview the host of Duel of the Fates. Toy box. There's a little colon there. There's a toy box. I'm Everywhere sorry. Mike goes, there's yeah. a little
1: colon.
2: Fates Toy <laughs> Box Edition.
0: So be sure to tune in for that. Butt joke. Great. For butt jokes, I'm Cassie. For Mike, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Caitlin. For Caitlin, I am me. Bye, everyone.